big stories of the day. Hashtag SAFM Sunrise. Well, it is Women's Day, and of course, there are many different issues to talk about. And one of the main questions, I suppose, is what kind of interventions would work to improve the power that women have in our society? To a large extent, and I keep coming back to this, I think it's really all about the way that men behave towards women, and I'm talking particularly around violence. But we have also seen in our society from 1990, I suppose really 1994 onwards, a major deliberate and conscious decision to try and change the way that our society operates with regard to gender. So we've seen uh, the ANC, I think it was the only political party, adopting quotas for the number of women MPs in Parliament. We've seen other big interventions as well. Amanda Khos is Professor Amanda Khos is a Professor of Political Science and Chair of the South African Research Initiative in Gender Politics at the University of Stellenbosch. Professor Khos, good morning and may I say Happy Women's Day. Good morning. So many people, just the phrase Happy Women's Day can almost be contentious. They will say that, okay, we should mark this day for very important reasons because it reminds us of what we're trying to do as a society. But it's also a reminder of how I think in many ways we seem to fail women. Is the whole idea of a Women's Day almost contentious in some respects? Yes, it is because of the way that it's implemented um, the day celebrates the activism of, of women in 1956 that marched to the union buildings to demand human rights and the end to, to pass laws. But what it has become is, is it's about events and events driven, and it's not looking at the structural conditions uh, that around issues of violence, of poverty, um, of social exclusion that are, are sort of the main issues for women in South Africa. So so it's short-term ideas about a problem that needs really long-term intervention and that, you know, we cannot only think about it one day of a year and then the other 364 days we we, we don't deal with that. So it, it's about, you know, what the intention is uh, with this day. Um, and the intention, of course, is to do certain things. In the end, who do we rely on to make sure that these things are implemented? And, you know, there is sometimes a sort of demand that women MPs or women politicians say and do certain things. And that demand is not always made of men. Um, and yet, despite all of the interventions we've seen, it, it seems that we failed so sometimes so dramatically. Is that just because our society is actually a very difficult society to govern? It is a difficult society to govern, but I mean, we we have forty five percent women in in parliament, and that just that we call descriptive representation. So it's numbers, but we need substantive representation, which is um, input into policy and legislation. And the the thinking is that women should do this. This forty five percent women, but the problem here is that men should also be the champions of legislation and policy uh, that will end gender discrimination. And and men are not part of these initiatives. Um, and, and, you know, women become uh, in many ways loyal to men in the parties because of the factionalism uh, in the ruling party, so that their energies go towards other goals rather than to represent women's issues.
Um, I suppose if you you would think, I mean, it would seem to follow, I think, for many people, or, or the idea would be, if you have more women in parliament, you will have more uh, women-friendly laws or laws that will help women as a result. But one thing doesn't necessarily follow the other, does it? And that's the kind of disconnect you're talking about. Yes, um, absolutely. And, and part of the reason is if we look at the first parliament, the first five years, many women's singing laws were made and passed because of the influence of feminist activists and feminist scholars. Um, so they really, you know, used a feminist narrative and they, they created policies, uh, you know, from an understanding of feminism. What we have now is that most of the feminists have exited parliament. It's, it's not uh, or exited government because it's really not a place that's friendly towards feminists. And we see the same problem with the Commission for Gender Equality. You know, it's completely dysfunctional. It, it reflects the, the factionalism in the ruling party, and it's, it's not doing the work of oversight over gender legislation and, and policies, but it's constantly busy with infighting. Um, if it's not about the identity, could you actually have some men who pursue, who, 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 who um, help women more than some women help women? I mean, these things can go in different directions. Yes, absolutely. I mean, men men can be feminists and men can fight the gender struggle, and and there are men who do that. But it is, it is, you know, that percentage is small. And I think the one place that we really need to see men come on board is around gender-based violence. Gender-based violence shouldn't be a woman's problem or a woman's issue. It should be an issue that men also pursue because men are the perpetrators. Um, when we talk about women and politics, uh, correctly or incorrectly, uh, perhaps the, the, the most uh, prominent sort of political organization that involves women, is, uh, that's designed specifically for women, is the ANC Women's League. Now, this may be fairly or unfairly. Um, and yet it's almost become traditional to sort of criticize them for their role or lack of role in this. I'm sure there's some victories that they can point to. Is it wrong to criticize the, women, the ANC Women's League? Well, you know, the ANC Women's League is a party auxiliary, so they're already part of a political party. They're not non-partisan. And in that, you know, they, they come from a, a platform of nationalism. Uh, so, you know, portraying women as mothers and, and the builders of nations and so on. But we, we have, you know, and they were very active in uh, the transition to get the first a 30% quota and later, you know, to get women into to um, parliament, but they are not fighting the battles that we need to see them fight uh, around gender-based violence. You know, setting up a agenda that really looks at gender inequality in all its facets. So it looks at, at poverty among women and how it disproportionately affects women. I mean, we've recently seen the statistics for teenage pregnancies. It's, it's mind-boggling. And then we don't hear a lot about how the Women's League set the agenda for the Ministry for Women, Youth and People with Disabilities, who is responsible for making the legislation. Every year we hear the same statistics, and every year this is not being addressed. So, you know, and I think this is the problem of the ANC Women's League. It is part of the ruling party that is failing the citizens of this country in so many ways.
Professor Amanda Host, thank you. Professor of Political Science and Chair of the South African Research Initiative in Gender Politics at the University of Stellenbosch.